I want to talk about tonight, where is your treasure? Look to that person next to you and say, where is your treasure? For the Bible says in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. There is a direct relation between treasure and heart. A lot of people support what they love. A lot of people give to what they love. People that are alcoholics, they buy alcohol because they love the bottle. People are, that are drug addicts, they will do anything they can to buy their drugs, to get their fix. You will support what you love. And so the question of the hour is, where is your treasure? Bible says in Psalms 37, 4, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of thine heart. Can I just tell you on a Wednesday night, the Lord wants to give you the desires of your heart. That is His heartbeat. And as we spoke many Wednesday nights ago about His desire to do what? Open up windows of heaven and bless you. And He wants to bless Every area of your life. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be blessed in the city. And he wants you to be blessed in the field. So tonight let's talk about the treasure. Why not you say that? We're going to talk about the treasure. <laughs> We're going to talk about the almighty dollar. We're going to talk about money. Money, 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 money. Do you realize that Jesus spoke three times more about money than he ever did about heaven or hell? 16 of the 38 parables dealt with how to handle money and how to handle possessions 2,880 verses deal with the subject of money 500 verses on prayer less than 500 verses on faith but there's more than 2,000 verses about money and possessions so the question is why why did God, why did our Lord and Savior, why did He talk about the almighty dollar so much? We read it. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So He goes right after not the money. He goes after the heart. 
Because it's not a money issue. It is a heart issue. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It's a matter of trust. And if He can bless you, and if He can trust you, He can bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants to open up windows of heaven. James 1, 17 says this. James chapter 1, verse 17. James says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good gift, it comes from above. It comes from the Father of lights. It comes from God. It comes from the windows of heaven. Can I just tell somebody tonight that God knows what we have need of. God knows what we are facing. He knows the perfect gift to give you. You're not alone in this. Sometimes you think you're alone. Sometimes you you feel like you're the only one around. But God's there. He knows everything about you. He knows your heartache. He knows your pain. He knows your struggle. He knows your loneliness. He knows your fear. He knows your anxiety. He knows about the pain in your body. He knows about saving that family member that you've been praying about. He knows about the prayers you've been praying, God, help my kids. Help them learn to obey. He's heard every prayer. Knows about your finances. You can't hide from God. I mean, we, we, we try to mask ourselves, put up a facade and, and, and put up a smile when people ask us, how are we doing? Oh, I'm doing good. <laughs> Never had a bad day. Well, that's a lie. You say, well, I don't want to just unload on anybody. Well, that's true. When I was sick and people called me, I knew who to answer and who not to answer. I knew the busybodies. I knew the ones that were nosy. They never called me before. But yet they want to call me now. I'm like, I'll send a post on Facebook. (laughs) But we've got to be real with God. Because God doesn't see as man sees. God sees that heart. He sees that issue. And that's why tonight it's so paramount to understand. We've got to make sure our treasure is in the right place and in the right things. Because if it is not, then God can't bless me. But if it's in the right place, guess what? God can give me the perfect gift. God can help me with all the junk that I'm facing. God can give me a healthy home. 
I want to have a healthy home. I, I don't want to have a home out of chaos and, and disorder and, and frustration. I want to have a haven of rest. You realize that? There are a lot of people that they don't want to go home. Because their home's chaotic. They'd rather go work overtime. They, you know, they, they just don't want to come back in this stuff. But God knows how to change that. But you've got to activate faith. And you've got to speak some words. Sister Phyllis, you were in the Holy Ghost. You've got to speak words. Today, it's going to be a good day. Today, I'm going to be blessed. Today, we're, we're not going to go through any drama. We're, we're not going to go through any heartache and, and pity parties. We're going to speak some things into existence. Because when you begin to speak and activate faith, God shows up. And He gives you a perfect gift. We must trust God. Because God always does it right. Ephesians 3.20 says this. Ephesians 3.20 Because God knows what you need. Bible says, Now unto him that is able. That right there should get you excited. Because it would be a sad state if God was willing but not able. <laughs> if he was like, Hey, I, I want to help, but I can't. But thank God. He's able. Now to him that's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could what? Ask or even think according to the power that works in us. I've got news for you tonight. You, you may not see it. You may not feel it. You may not comprehend it, but you got power, wonder-working power on the inside of you. I'm not talking about your flesh, but I'm talking about the creator of this world that's dwelling on the inside of you. You've got power working in you. You have to activate it. You have to use it. A lot of people are vacuuming rugs. That they're not plugged in. They're using chainsaws that they never started. They're like, man, I hate this chainsaw. Hate this vacuum cleaner. Well, plug it in. Get connected to the source. Can I just tell you, you will never be able to make it. Living for God if all you do is a Wednesday and a Sunday routine. This has got to be a lifestyle. It's got to be a relationship. It's got to be you making up your mind. I'm not going to wait on pastor to call me and ask about my a spiritual uh, uh, state of mind. I'm going to make up my mind when I start the day and when I end the day. I'm going to start with prayer. I'm going to walk with God and I'm going to get God in my life. Because I don't know about you, but I need Him. I need the power. The power of God operating in my life. You say, well, well Pastor, really? Yes. I mean, go out there right now. And what do you see? Bunch of smoke covering the sun. 
And that's a message right there. This world is trying to cover the sun. Jesus Christ trying to take him out. But you got to get the blinders off. You got to get the scales off. You got to take the cobwebs off. Shake the dust off. You may have fallen. You may have stumbled. But you got to get back up. You may not have been uh, healthy in praying. But guess what? You could start becoming more healthier by praying every day. Somebody said this. 12 minutes a day in prayer. 12 minutes a day in prayer. It helps your brain. It helps your strength. 12 minutes of prayer. That's all you got to do. 12 minutes of prayer. When you start praying, not a lay me down to sleep prayer, but you start praying, God, I love you today. God, thank you for being good to me. You may be driving to work. It may be 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. You may be driving the truck. You could be talking to the Lord and God could come in and God could change some things. It's all about putting the treasure where it needs to go. Let me read this. I've got a lot of stuff. We won't get to it all, uh, sister and sissy, but uh, we're, we're going to work on it. Luke chapter 638. The Bible says give. And it shall be what? Given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. How many's read that before? How many believes that before? Given it shall be given. We expect God to give that way. We expect God to give good measure. We expect God to give pressed down. We expect God to give shaken together. But let me ask you this. Do you give in good measure? We want God to. But the question is, do you give pressed down? Do you give shaken together? We want God to do it, but the question is, do you give running over? How do you give? Do we just give only what's necessary? Do we just give the exact amount? Do we just give what is expected? For Luke said, for with the same measure that ye meet, with all, it shall be measured to you again. So if we measure to the line, then God is going to measure to your line. For what we measure out is what God measures out. If you measure good, He measures good. If we give pressed down, shaking together, and running over, then guess what? God gives pressed down, shaking together and running over. For with the same measure, it shall be measured to us again. It's pretty powerful you think about it. Because, I mean, everybody likes 
God doing it for us. But that's why God talks about faith. See, you're not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. And so God wants you to activate faith. Now listen, the carnal mind will never be able to discern the things of the Spirit. The carnal mind will never be able to grasp the law, the spiritual law of the harvest. But if you will somehow embrace it, if you will somehow say, you know, I've heard it all my life and I'm just going to take a step. If you'll take a step of faith, guess what God will do? He'll take a step of faith. For what you measure, He measures. And what you don't measure, He doesn't measure. If you measure sparingly, He measures sparingly. If you measure mercy, He gives out mercy. If you measure forgiveness, He measures forgiveness. But if we can't forgive, then He can't forgive. See, I'm not talking about your money. As a lot of people, when you talk about giving, they already think, oh, it's about money. It's not about money. It's it's about more than that. It's about your heart. It's about your treasure. What are you measuring at? Or who are you measuring to? The Marlboro Man? Jim Beam? What kind of measurement do you have? I want to make sure that I measure out the right stuff. That God can trust me with the treasure. Because I want God to look at my heart. Because that's what it's all about. It's a heart issue. And I need the blessings of God. I need the favor of God upon my life. Because we get what we give. We we get what we plant. We get what we sow. We get what we measure. For the same measure that ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. God, search my heart. Search my spirit. I I know, even talking about this tonight, we got wildfires everywhere. We're, we're, We're in the midst of a pandemic. And pastors talking about giving. You better believe I am. Because I want you to be blessed. I want the blessings of heaven on your life, on your home, on your family, on your kids, on your finances. I want that devourer. I want that adversary out of your life, out of your family, out of your marriage. I want the blessings of God upon you. For with the same measure you is the same measure he does. Doesn't, isn't that what he says in his word, that he loves a cheerful giver? Well, pastor's talking about money again. I, I guess I better give my dollar. Keep your dollar. <laughs> That's what God's saying. 
Because God doesn't need your money. 411. If he needs money, guess what? He'll just find a fish. He'll grab a fish from a bank and he'll get a coin out of its mouth. He'll get a cruise of an oil from a widow woman ready to die. He'll get some loaves and some fish to feed 5,000. He doesn't need it if you don't want to give it. I mean, you think about it. 5,000 people there that day to hear the master teach. I guarantee you, in that crowd, in that multitude, there were more people with more fish and more loaves of bread. I mean, you go somewhere, whether it's a picnic, and you got your ice cooler with you, you're going to stock it up. You're going to put some sandwiches, put some healthy stuff. If you're me, you're putting bad stuff in there. There were more people that had more items. But there was a boy that said, all I've got is a few fish and a few loaves of bread. And God says, that's exactly what I need. Because you measure it out and I'll measure it back to you. Can I tell you, that's, that, that, that's even why tithing is so incredible. Because we all pay the same tithe. Not the amount. As many people think it's the amount. Oh, you know what I gave. You know what I did. What did you do? What did you measure? Well, I, I, I gave this amount. Well, if that was your measure and you have the ability to give more, then God's saying you didn't give bountifully. You gave sparingly. The powerful thing is, you drop a thousand dollars for tithe, and I drop a dollar for tithe, guess what? It's the same thing to God. He's no respecter of persons, but He is a respecter of faith. And we've got to walk in the area and the avenue of faith. That's why he said what we've got to do is store up things in heaven where rust and moth does not corrupt. Can I tell you, there is coming a day where God is going to call us home again. And we've got to make ourselves ready. I want to give it out to Him. I, I, I want to bless Him because there's coming a payday. There's coming a day that I stand before him and he looks at my life, doesn't look at the cars, the, the homes, and, and all the toys. No, he looks at the heart to find my treasure. That's what God is looking for. He's looking for your treasure. Where is your treasure? What are you living this for? God, you've been good to me. You've been great to me. You have blessed me above and beyond what I could ask or even think. You have been good to me. Can I just remind you of what he has? Psalms 24.1 says this. This is about putting God first. 
It's about giving God your treasure. Giving God you. God doesn't do math the way you do math. See, you add and, and you subtract, but God multiplies. He says one can put a thousand. Two can put ten thousand. That's God's equation. But the Lord says, Yo, you think you've measured it out? Let me tell you how I can measure it. He says, Psalms 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Deuteronomy 10, 14, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's thy God. The earth also and with all that there is therein. Exodus 9, 29 says that, that thou mayest know that the earth is the Lord's. 1 Corinthians 10, 26 and 28, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Can I tell you, God just wants you. He doesn't want you to do it because you have to, but he wants to do it because you want to. I need, I need to close. It's getting late. But let me read Genesis 4, 3 through 8. I, I, I want to help somebody. Genesis 4, chapter 3, uh, verse 3 says this. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. What was the ground? It's cursed, right? When sin came in the world, the ground became cursed. And what Cain brought, he brought fruit of the ground. He brought a cursed thing. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel. And to his offering, not just the first fruits, but also the fat thereof. He went above and he gave above. He measured above. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth. And his countenance fell. And verse 6 says, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why are you mad? Why are you upset? Your face shows it. Lord said to Cain, I'm just measuring to you what you measured to me. You can't expect the blessings and the favor of the Lord if you can't follow the law of the harvest. God wants to bless you with His first fruits. He wants to put you on the front end of blessing. For He told Cain, He said in verse 7, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lies at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. 
What shall rule over him? His treasure. What's ruling in your life? God, you are. You give and you take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know how much time we have left. But I know we have a window of opportunity to make sure that our treasures are in the right place. I want God to be pleased in me. I want to stand before Him one day and I want Him to open up the book of life and I want Him to find my name. I want Him to know me. I, I don't know where your treasure is, but my treasure, Brother Miller, is I want Him to know me. The haunting words in this word is He said many are going to come Say, I did this, I did that, I gave this, I gave that, I played, I preached, I sang, I prophesied. God said, I, I don't know you. You didn't measure it out right because it was all about you. You just measured you. You didn't try to measure to me. God, I stand behind here on a Wednesday night with a made-up mind. Everything I have, God is yours. My heart, my treasure is in your hands. They sang it earlier. But God, you thought I was worth saving. You sacrificed for me. I'm grateful for him tonight. I'm grateful for a God that has forgiven me of much. And shame on me. If I don't give it back. Forgive and it shall be given unto you. Again, I'm not talking about your money. But I am talking about your heart. I am talking about you making up your mind. God, I desire you. My wife sings a song. I can have fortune and fame, going where, do anything. But oh God, I just want you. I don't know about you tonight, but I just want him. I just desire him. I know it's a Wednesday night, we've got a few minutes, but would you just raise your hands and would you raise your voice with me tonight?
Not because I'm asking you to, but because something deep on the inside of your spirit longs to say, God, I just want you. God, I just want you. I want to live in your presence. I want to bask at your feet. God, you've been good to me. You've been good to my family. I'm not worthy of all thy blessings. You're my treasure. You're my hope. You're my fortune, God. I need to give to that measurement. Come on, lift up your voice right now. Your family needs to hear you pray. Your family needs to see you. Put God first in your life. Every hand raised, every voice singing to the Lord. 
Say that one more time. He just wants you. He really does. He never wanted Isaac. He just wanted Abraham. I remember in that hospital room that I felt it was about over for me. And I prayed a simple prayer. Some people say maybe it was coincident, maybe accident, maybe I was hallucinating. But I remember praying, God, I'm ready. Take me. Just take care of my family and church. And I felt that supernatural shift. When you're willing to give up Isaac, God says, I'm going to bless that. God, we love you. Thankful for your word. Thankful for your spirit. But God, more importantly, we're thankful for the promise that we have that one of these days, we're going to see you and all the loved ones that have gone on before us. I'm praying for your hand to rest on your children tonight. Praying for strength and health. Keep them safe. For the power and the authority in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord. God bless you. You're dismissed. Don't forget about Sunday. It's going to be great. We're going to run. We're going to shout. Amen. We're going to have a good time. Who knows? We may knock these caution tapes down.